What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video I'm going to be going through my week 9 running back rankings, so just going through the top 36 running backs for this specific week, and just a warning for you guys, this is definitely the roughest week at the running back position I've seen all season long, we have 6 teams on bye, you know we have some injuries here and there, so if you're looking at your starting lineup and the running backs are looking a little iffy, don't worry, I'm sure everyone's dealing with you know similar things here, in one of my leagues I've got like a CMC Saquon duo on bye, I'm throwing out a lineup with like Rashad White and I think Isaiah Pacheco as the starting running backs. So if you're feeling bad about, you know, your starting RBs, I wouldn't sweat it. It is rough this week. So after the top like 24, it is going to be slim pickings, but we will get to that in just a little bit. While you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. Before I jump into the video, I do just want to talk to you guys about Underdog Fantasy Football. If you guys are interested in signing up for Underdog, you can use code Quinn. There's going to be a link down below in the description, but they will double your first deposit uh, up to $100. So, you know, maybe you want to try out the platform, you throw 10 in there, they will give you 10, you'll have $20 in your account. You can do these uh, cool weekly drafts. They also have player props for, you know, all the games throughout the week. So for the Thursday night football games, they have props up. Same for Sunday. I was looking at the uh, player props for the Thursday night game. And one that I was actually eyeing up here was Miles Sanders, the over under seven and a half receiving yards. I feel like initially you look at that, you know, seven and a half number and you feel like that's probably going to be a pretty easy number to get to. For me, I'm going to be playing the under on this one. When we're looking at his receiving yardage totals through the first seven games, we're looking at 9, 6, negative 2, 22, 6, 1, and 0. So he has only hit that 7.5 number in 2 out of 7 games. And then when we're looking at the overall game script here, Sanders is already someone who's not super involved as a pass catcher, averaging 1.9 targets per game. The Eagles are 14-point favorites against the Texans. The Texans have allowed the most rushing yards out of any team in the NFL. I think this is going to be a run-heavy game script from the Eagles. I think they're going to go ahead early. I feel like Jalen Hurts is probably going to have a quick, you know, non-stressful day at the office. Probably not going to be a high-volume passing attack game. So I do like the under on that Miles Sanders number. If you want to go the other way, you can do that on Underdog. So the link is going to be down below in the description. But let's jump into the rankings. And, you know, we do still have some stud running backs here. We are missing guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, but we're still going to be rolling with Austin Eckler here at number one, has just been dominant, and now might be playing in a game script without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And, I mean, the dude could really, uh, you know, pull up with 15 to 20 targets if that is the case. Number two, we have Derrick Henry. He has been on fire after a slightly slow start to the season, just been, you know, putting on dominant performances over and over and over again. At three, I have Josh Jacobs. I'm not fading away from Josh Jacobs after a rough game. He has a fantastic matchup against the Jaguars. And then in that same matchup, I have Travis Etienne here at number four. I think this could honestly be a running back showcase on both sides. For Etienne, we saw him playing his first game without James Robinson. He had a just massive workload. 24 carries, 156 rushing yards, scored a touchdown, also was uh, targeted three times, caught all three of them for six yards. So he even has room to grow in that receiving production. I feel like we're going to see better days ahead with him as a pass catcher. And then he has a great matchup against the Raiders, who are giving up the third most points per game to the running back position for fantasy. So I think both Jacobs and Etienne are in fantastic spots here. And I think both of them could have some massive games. At five, I have Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones has actually put together back-to-back -back strong performances 
after you know being pretty disappointing early on in the season. In week seven, he did it as a pass catcher, 28.6 PPR points, nine receptions, 53 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Then in week eight, he flips the script, does it on the ground, 19.7 points, 20 carries for 143 rushing yards. I think it's good to see that he can get it done, you know, whether it's as a pass catcher when they're trailing or I guess still trailing against the Bills, but, you know, being an efficient runner on the ground. He goes up against the Lions, who are uh, giving up the fourth most points per game to the running back position. So a great matchup. And Aaron Jones, who's just been building over these last few weeks. I think he's a locked-in mid-tier running back one. Then we have Alvin Kamara coming off of a massive three-touchdown performance. I think he's, you know, a locked-in guy here also. Kenneth Walker just continues to produce a very strong running back one. Really, all these guys, you know, could be semi-interchangeable. Dalvin Cook here at number eight. Joe Mixon at nine. He's been a little, you know, hit or miss. The uh, overall volume hasn't necessarily matched up to the production, but I still think, you know, he could be peaking later on in the season. At 10, I have Ramondre Stevenson. And even with Damian Harris coming in, eating into his workload a little bit, he is still super involved as a pass catcher. I just think he's going to continue to be a very strong play. And if he can hold on to this receiving role, he's probably going to be a running back one rest of season. And we have Damian Harris missing practice, I believe. So, you know, potentially we're going to see another workhorse Ramondre game if that sticks. At 11, I have Miles Sanders talked about him as an under in the uh, receiving total, but I think he is going to have a big day on the ground. The Texans have just been a run funnel uh, for opposing fantasy running backs. I think Sanders is going to have a big day in a game where they're likely going to be ahead very early on. 12, I have Jonathan Taylor, and I really just don't know what to do with JT here. He's someone I was buying low on, I think it was a week or two ago, and this injury is just not good news. And not just the fact that he's injured, but it's just the position this team is in. So they bench Matt Ryan. They go with Sam Ellinger. I have some level of concern that if Jonathan Taylor, you know, doesn't get healthy quickly, I feel like they may just shut him down. I think we saw this with CMC a year or two ago, where it was like he could have come back for the last like three weeks, or it seemed like he could have. And they kind of were just like, yeah, you know, let's not risk it here. I'm worried the same thing would happen here with Jonathan Taylor. Not saying it's going to happen. You know, maybe he plays in this game, balls out, and then we all forget about it. But, you know, definitely some risk here going on with JT moving forward. Now, moving over to the RB2s, I have Damian Pierce here at 13. Really not a great overall matchup here for Pierce. I do think he's become a little uh, less matchup proof because he has gotten more involved as a pass catcher over the last few weeks. Um, But just with the running back position being so weak, I still think he's a solid, you know, RB13 here. Right behind him, I have Leonard Fournette. Definitely some concerns here for Fournette. The Bucs have one of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL. The Rams have been fantastic against the run. Doesn't seem like, you know, a great combo. His route to fantasy production is probably going to come through touchdowns or receiving work. So we'll see if he can put that together. At 15, I have Raheem Mostert. And Mostert has been someone that I've really been high on as of late. I've been hyping him up, you know, talking about how he's a locked-in running back too. His workload has been consistent, 14-plus carries in five straight weeks. He has a solid matchup against the Bears, who are allowing the eighth-most points per game to the running back position. They've traded away a few of their defensive stars. They just got absolutely carved up by Tony Pollard. But we did see the Dolphins go out. They traded away Chase Edmonds, but they brought in Jeff Wilson. The general idea I've been getting from people on these trades are that it's kind of like, you know, a net even. It's like, all right, he loses Edmonds. That's good news. 
They bring in Wilson. He's like the new Edmonds. For me, I'm a little bit concerned about Raheem Mostert long-term. I still think he's a very strong play this week because Wilson obviously just got into the building, but I feel like people haven't really grasped the fact that Edmonds was pretty brutal. Like his overall rushing efficiency was terrible. Pretty sure he was the only running back in the NFL who averaged a full yard less than expected, and he was well under that number. So they go from Edmonds, who had already been phased out by Mostert, to now bringing in Wilson, who is a very capable running back and may actually enter into some sort of committee here with Raheem Mostert. So he's someone where if he goes out, has a big game, maybe I'm looking at him as a sell high, but just a situation we're going to monitor moving forward. At 16, I have Deonta Foreman coming off of his massive game. I didn't think I'd be ranking him this highly, but just looking around at the other running backs, I feel like this is appropriate here. Then at 17 and 18, I have back-to-back Lions running backs, DeAndre Swift at 17, Jamal Williams at 18, obviously both of them going up against the Packers. The DeAndre Swift experience has just not been a good one so far this season. I was very high on him coming into the year. You know, he's been banged up, he's been injured, he's missed time. Then he comes back, he's limited again. And then they're even talking about how they think they gave him one too many touches when the dude had like five carries for six yards. So I think both these players are startable, but I don't think you're you know overly excited about playing either one of these guys. But I mean, this week, they're pretty locked in as mid-tier running back twos. I think in a normal week without the buys, they're probably more fringe top 24 plays. 19, I have Devin Singletary. They bring in some competition with Naheem Hines. I still think he's going to be a solid play this week. At 20, I have David Montgomery. I do believe he's the running back to own still for the Bears, but this is definitely a committee going on in Chicago. 21, I have Cordero Patterson. So he has been designated to return from IR. There's no guarantee he's actually going to be playing in this game. So this is kind of a you know speculative spot for him. But just the fact that he is designated to return is a good sign. Also, this was the first week that he actually could be designated because he just sat out the uh, four weeks that you need to when you get put on IR. I'm guessing that if they do play him, it's not going to be in his same like workhorse fashion we saw early on in the season where he was averaging like 16.3 carries per game. That's probably not what we can expect. But when Cordero Patterson was on the field as a full-time player, you know, the first three weeks, he put up 22.6, 4.1, and 22.3 points. So he had the one dud game, two boom weeks. I think he's going to be an interesting option moving forward. If he does play, I would limit my expectations a little bit, but I still think, you know, with the buys, I'm going to keep going back to it. He's probably a solid running back too, even with the, uh, you know, potential committee concerns. 22, I have Khalil Herbert, talked about him a little bit with David Montgomery, He's going to have a decent workload on the ground. He doesn't really give you any receiving upside, so you're kind of just going to be banking on a touchdown there with Herbert. 23, I have Antonio Gibson. He's consistently been involved as a pass catcher over the last few weeks. I think he is the running back to play for the Commanders. Now, do I love him in my lineup? Probably not. But this week, I think he's going to have to be a suitable play. Then at 24, I have Michael Carter. He's going to be a part of this Jets committee with James Robinson and Ty Johnson. At this point, he's still going to be leading the committee, and they're probably going to be down early on to the Bills. We'll see if that defense can hold up, but they're probably going to be trailing. He could uh, you know, see himself getting into a lot of receiving work. At 25, I have James Conner. Just like Patterson, this is kind of a speculative ad here. We did actually see him return to practice as a limited participant on Wednesday, so that is a step in the right direction. I imagine that if he is healthy enough to play, it's likely going to be some sort of split with Eno Benjamin. I still personally believe that Connor can be valuable rest of season and may honestly be someone you can buy for very, very low. 
Obviously, I was in on him coming into the season, so I'm probably going to be higher on him now than most other people because it's not like we've seen him play and do bad. Like The dude's just been hit with the injury bug all season long, so someone to definitely look out for. 26, I have A.J. Dillon. He has a favorable matchup, but the role he's had has just not been conducive to solid fantasy production. Basically, no receiving work. He hasn't had the touchdown upside, so he's going to be a high-end running back three. At 27, I have Gus Edwards. Obviously, this is going to be assuming that he does play. I imagine if he plays, it's going to be a decent committee here with Kenyon Drake, Justice Hill, but he is still the running back that I would want. Um, at 28, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, another kind of you know ambiguous backfield here coming off the bye week. Do we see Pacheco take some more work? What kind of role is CEH going to have? We'll see against the Titans. 29, you know, Benjamin, I talked about it with uh, James Conner. I do think if he comes back, it's probably going to be on a limited basis. So I think, you know, Benjamin would still be semi-involved. At 30, I have Isaiah Pacheco, like I mentioned for CEH. I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and had a big role this week, you know, maybe even larger than the one he had prior to the bye. And then these last few running backs, Chuba Hubbard could be in a committee with Deonta Foreman. Kenyon Drake would get bumped up if Gus Edwards is out. 33, I have Brian Robinson, just a very low floor, low ceiling play at this point. Uh, 34, Tyler Algier. If Patterson is out, Algier would definitely get bumped up probably in like the fringe top 24 area. 35, Rashad White, really scraping the bottom of the barrel at the position when we're starting handcuffs. And then James Robinson at 36. So hopefully you have some of those guys in the top 30, top 24. If you don't, don't sweat it. You know, it's going to happen to the best of them. So that is going to wrap it up for this one. The 36 top running backs for week nine, even though it is looking a little rough. If you guys are interested in uh, signing up for Underdog, the link is going to be in the description. Thank you guys for stopping by. Check out my uh, wide receiver start sits. Those are going to be up today also. Thank you guys again, and I'll see you in the next one.